Hey divas, and welcome back to Really Queer, an LGBTQ plus movie podcast. Today's movie um, is actually a part two to last week's movie, um, Ticked Off Teaslers with Knives. So if you haven't listened to part one uh, and you want to, feel free to go back. Otherwise, this will just be an interview with Chaselyn Wade, who was the actress behind Nurse Connie Lingus, the hair, wardrobe, and makeup artist um, for the film, as well as the body double for Erica Andrews. Also joining me is Dolly Parts. Hello. Hey, Tifa. Hi, I'm happy to be back for this. I'm super excited for this interview. Um, to give context to how I know Chaselyn personally, uh, we met when I was working in Lexington at the Bar Complex. She came up for our Pride Weekend event uh, a couple years ago, and I got to work with her all weekend, and I had never put together that she was Nurse Connie Lingus, the actress from Ticked Off, until a friend had pointed it out to me this year, and then we talked about doing this podcast. To be fair, her lips were a lot bigger in the movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so I took this as an opportunity, and I, I you know, when me and you talked about doing this, I mm-hmm. said we should reach out to her, and we did, so I'm and super excited. she was very, very on board. Mm-hmm. Um, she was very, very on board. She's very excited to talk about the movie. Um, she said that no question is off limits mm-hmm. and that, um, you know, she she has love and appreciation for this movie, but she's ready to, to uh, discuss the film mm-hmm. and get any, into it in any yes. dirty, nitty gritty way that she needs to because she's just all about being open and honest. Exactly. Which is what we love here. So let's go ahead and bring Miss Chaselyn on. Hi, Chase. Hi, how are you guys? Good, We're how good. are you? It's so awesome to have you, Chase. I'm so happy to be here, um, all the way from Dallas, Texas. Yes, yes. Speaking to my sisters from my motherland. <laughs> yes, all the way here in good old Kentucky. <laughs> and for the purpose of our interview, would you prefer us to always use Chaselyn? No, you can call me Chase. Chase is fine. Okay, I just wanted Chase, to ask. Chaselyn is more of a legal thing term just so that people understand when i'm speaking to them on the phone or i have to sign legal documents that there's no misunderstanding if you will gotcha yes i've always said it was more weird for me to change my name than it was for me to get boobs (laughs) (laughs) so i was i was ecstatic whenever dolly brought up the prospect of bringing you on um we kind of spoke about this a little bit on facebook um, I believe where I was, mm-hmm. I've been hesitant to cover this since I started really queer. Um, it started out as a movie night, just as a background of what the podcast was before it was a podcast. Um, it was a queer movie night and I wanted to like create a space where queer people could come quote unquote to the movies um, in a room full of queer people. I have a lot of anxiety when I go to a movie theater. Um, mm-hmm. If there's something that's, that's like, as a teenager, if there was something gay on screen, you know, people would jeer, um, you know, they would laugh or, you know, make jokes or whatever. It just made me uncomfortable. I never felt comfortable having like a date or something at the movies because it's, you know, it's dangerous being us. So um, yes. I wanted to create like a movie night where it was it was um, acceptable to be yourself and also to celebrate queer films. Um, and one of my favorite films um even with all of its, you know, problematic uh, instances, is is this film ticked off? Teaslers with knives, mm-hmm. um, and I've been hesitant to do it for a long time because I don't, 
I don't identify myself as trans. I kind of just fall like, like on the spectrum. Um, mm -hmm. But having, having you and Dolly here, both as trans women, um, I think will allow us to have like a really, a really important and interesting conversation. And, and, and let's, let's also put this out there. I'm sure that Dolly and I are separate in age by at least 20 years. Mm -hmm. So the, the, the fact that you have an older, um, trans woman with a younger trans woman, I think is a great dynamic for this discussion to be able to experience um, different thought processes of what this film actually means. I agree. Yes, I completely agree with that. And I'm, I'm very honored to be able to do it with you, somebody that I re respect as an entertainer and as an actress now too, getting to, you know, really revisit uh, Ticked Off Trades with Knives and see the way you, you know, just embody this hilariously like campy character and like had so much fun with it. And Thank you. you knowing that you worked on like the makeup and the wardrobe and really getting to re-experience that through the guise of like having met you and worked with you in Lexington. Right, it was, right. it was amazing. It was a really like surreal experience. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Your, your cast, uh, and whenever they did the credits, you had, you had some stacked credits. It was, uh, mm -hmm. cause you, you body doubled for Sarah Andrews, which is an honor in itself, bitch. Not, not I can't. Not not Sarah, not Sarah Andrews. It was Erica Sarah Andrews. Andrews. Oh, we I, just... I did that all day yesterday. Every time yeah. I was doing my notes, I kept saying Sarah because I'm obsessed with her. I love Sarah Andrews. She's a she's no, yeah. A <laughs> we are obsessed with her. We talk about her constantly. That's why I'm also obsessed with, with Erica. I'm in love with her. I'm in love with her. <laughs> Girl, the day I get her on the podcast is the day I shit my pants. I swear to God. Okay, truly. I think yes. I have I have such a crush on her. It's ridiculous. I am I am truly truly truly. She's just such an amazing activist for the community, mm -hmm. and she's such a on point um, perception. You know. Yeah. Uh, I just I think she's just fantastic and beautiful. I've met her three times, and I've got to work with her once. And the one time I worked with her was in Nashville, and she was amazing, amazing, amazing. Before she moved to Chicago. Yeah, and now she's in uh, now she's in LA. Yes, all yes. time doing doing uh, wigs all throughout the pandemic with um, mm -hmm. Country Fried Tater, her adorable little yeah. husband. Oof, they are she, so she, cute. She, I love them. They're just the sweetest couple ever. But yes, anyway, um, so yeah, you got to body double for Erica. You got to do the makeup and the wardrobe. And mm -hmm. Dolly and I were talking a little while ago. We were wondering how much of like, what was your experience as the makeup artist on set? Did you have to, like, paint the girls? That's, that's a great question. So um, I've worked with Israel Luna for almost all of his projects, except for a couple, mm -hmm. since I think it was 2001 or 2002. So a very, very long time. We've had a very long uh, intertwined working relationship. And, you know, when he first came to me, he was like, well, we're going to do this movie. And he actually called me and said, I would like for you to do makeup and hair for it. And he, he actually brought forth, and I'm sure you're going to hit on this in a second about the title. Um, but he, he asked me to, you know, what, what I thought about doing makeup for the project. And I said, well, Israel, how can I possibly do Erica Andrews makeup? <laughs> right. I mean, come on. That's like, that's like saying, you know, I'm going to dress Anna Wintour, you know, uh -huh. like, 
you just like you, there's just certain things you don't touch and you don't touch perfection. Mm -hmm. And so I said, you know, and then there's other girls that are going to want to do their own makeup. You know, they have their own style, they have their own image and they're not going to relinquish that. So what we, what we settled down to, and a lot of people don't understand this is that as a makeup artist, um, on set, you make sure that, that, that whatever is on film looks good. Mm -hmm. And, and that means sometimes, you know what, uh, if, if a lady starts to sweat a little bit or she's looking a little, not the way she should, then that was my moment to step in and say, Hey sis, let me help you out. But I definitely did not do, uh, most of the lead actresses makeup. Now, any of the male actors or any of the extras or anything like that, of course I did, you know, complexion control, as we like to call it for men instead of makeup. Um, but there were, I, I did say to him, I said, the only way that I would feel comfortable doing this film is if you give me free reign to do what I want to for the fight sequence, uh -huh. the very end sequence. And he said, why is that? I said, well, because if I'm going to have my, ha my hands tied behind my back, basically mm -hmm. for this entire production, and I'm only going to be doing touch-ups and things like that. I would love one moment in the film that is almost a, you know, it's, it's, it's like a psychedelic trip. Yes. Uh, a lot of times. Right. So this fight sequence, um, is obviously not realistic. Mm -hmm. It is a, um, fantasy fight sequence, if you will. Yeah. And, and I, to like the classic cheesy Kung Fu esque, right, you know, exactly. like scenes of older films. Yes, exactly. So I said the only way that I would feel comfortable putting my name on here as your makeup artist, because the Queens are going to do their own makeup, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. I said, is if you give me free reign and the actress is allowed to give me free reign to do wardrobe, hair and makeup on them for the final scene the fight mm -hmm. scene and he said done and all the queens agreed and i have to be honest with you the only queen that i was really 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 nervous about was calexis davenport uh -huh. because calexis i mean she is um an elder if you will she mm -hmm. is a multiple title holder even you know and you have to remember at this point in the film erica is not in that right right Your, yeah. Nor, nor is Jenna, uh, Jenna Sky. Yes. So, um, I only had Crystal and I had Calexis and I had Willem mm -hmm. and, uh, Crystal and Willem both were like, yes, I'm all about it. Right. Uh -huh. Once I explained to them the, the concept, but Calexis was a little bit, uh, I'm not so sure. And, I, and so I did have a talk with her and I explained to her my vision and my concept and she said, okay, sis, let's do it. So, yeah, and they all, they all looked sickening, but I, I honestly think Alexis especially looked incredible for that scene. Her makeup was well, like, I could not stop staring yeah, at her. I, I made sure that she understood that she was going to be, she she is in the film, the grand diva. She is the, mm -hmm. she, is, she is the mother. Yes. She is the um, one who is the MC. You know, she is the the lead. In, in mm -hmm. that moment, if you understand what I'm saying, in that dynamic and, of the group, yeah, yeah. If you want a right. booking, you got to go to her. Period. Right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, so I I explained to her what my vision was: is that it was you know a Mad Max, uh, you know type esque feel, and she was like, I 
it's not that's not my style that's not my thing but i understand and i trust you and please do whatever you want to so mm -hmm. it made me feel really, really good that she kind of just gave up and said just do what you want to let's make this happen yeah you know? and the other thing was that the wardrobe i was like you know i want you all to be wearing black leather and like all, all black and like lace and still feminine, but you know, body suits and like, almost like you're like, like Kung Fu ninjas and like coming from Mad Max, you know, meets, yes. um, you know, meets a uh, dominatrix, you know, mm -hmm. I, you know, even with Willem, I was like, I want you to have like a patch over one eye and you know, all this kind of stuff. Yes. I loved it. It felt that, that, that specifically felt like, so like very like Pete Burns, like esque to me. Yeah, very, I, I really exactly, love that. Exactly. So they were all on, on board for it, but here's the funny part about that. We, when I, when I, when I created this look and they brought their costumes, I'm like, oh my God, yes, that black long sleeve leather bodysuit looks so great on you. It's going to be amazing on film. You're going to have to trust me on this and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, yes, we're all about it. And then the day we're filming that mm -hmm. turned out to be a nightmare <laughs> because the, you know, if you've never filmed anything before, a lot of times you have to turn the air conditioning off because the air conditioning causes noise in the right. background. Oh, uh, yeah. And it was in such a small, like, it was, inside space. It was space, like in yeah. July in Texas, and it was 102 outside. Oh, it my got, gosh. It got up to 100. Now, when you're watching this, keep in mind that it got up to 110 degrees inside the house. Oh, my God. And they're wearing patent leather full body suits uh -huh. in drag with this makeup that was yeah, with like this very detailed, like very like conceptual makeup that you can't necessarily powder over. Yeah. So little did we know when we plotted all this planned it, you know, several months in advance that, that it was going to be that hot and that we weren't going to have any air conditioning in the house and mm -hmm. that the shot, the shoot itself took, I want to say that fight sequence took like 14 hours. Mm -hmm. So you're talking about these girls are in this makeup, in these costumes, in a hot room for 14 hours. It was yeah. the absolute worst, most disgusting, most uncomfortable filming experience I've ever had in like the almost 10 films I've done. And they were troopers. They were all troopers. They were like, let's just get it. Let's do it. Let's do it right. And let's make it happen. Wow. That's, that's, that's crazy. Incredible to hear. Yeah. Oh, wow. That's very interesting. And I, I, I hope, I hope uh, you got paid well for that, at least for that day. Like specifically. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. When I'm filming stuff for really queer, um, like my, my intros or, um, you know, like dumb bits or something for like to fill time between movies um if i had like it was it was like september or something it was back in, during the pandemic um i had been filming something i got all like i got in my full drag uh padded boobs my big white hair my full really queer gown which is like heavy and thick it's a lot of fabric i was sweating out of my makeup and i'm back there trying to i'm trying to like read the teleprompter my lashes weighed down with sweat and it's like starting to fall and I finally just gave up. So I can imagine what it's like having three girls that you have to mm -hmm. like look over. And my makeup yeah. I can powder over, but you can't powder over. Specifically, my 
my favorite. I loved what you did with um, Crystal's nose. Mm-hmm. I loved yes. that like metallic kind of like um, yes. it was kind of spacey. Yes. It was giving me space. Yes, vibes. yes. I loved yes. that, and Thank you can't powder you. over that. You just can't. It no. loses its. It loses <laughs> that sheen. So. You know, and, and so, you know, thankfully, because it was a fight scene, you know, I didn't have to worry too much about keeping them pristine. Yeah. Right. Um, but I did have to make sure that they didn't have like sweat dripping off the end of their nose. Yeah. Right. So what we had was in between scenes, we literally like in between breaks, if you will, um, we literally had these um, uh, fans and I don't mean like the hand that that you shake. I mean, like we're talking about like handheld, uh, operated fan, uh, battery operated fans that each one had on set and we'd run them to them and they would just use the operated fan over their face just to cool down as much as they could in between takes. And that's, that's the best we could do. Oh gosh. That's, yeah. That does not sound like fun. And you said that was a 14 hour at, fight sequence. 14, at, at least if not more, mm-hmm. if, yeah, it was it was a long, long, long day. <laughs> and and then on top of that, Alex, uh, 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 Calexis actually had to leave the next day for uh, for a pageant she had to judge mm-hmm. or a host or something. And it was like, well, if we don't get this shot in this time frame, it's it's not going to happen because she was going to be able to come back for like a month or something. Yeah, so it was a lot of pressure. Yeah, it was it was it was the most difficult shooting that we did for the entire project, for sure, for sure. So my next question for you then um, is: so when you made this film and you were approached with the title, um, did you have any reservations about it or were you immediately in or did the word mean something different to you then? And does it mean something different to you now? Uh, yes, yes. And yes. Okay. <laughs> um, um, well, when I first was approached, Israel um, contacted me and he said, listen, you know, um, I have this project coming up, you know, um, I have a title in mind. And I would like to know your opinion. And I said, well, um, I said, well, you know, the, the title, and I'm just going to say it since no one else has, ticked off trannies with knives. I said, well, Israel, you know that that term is um, very, at this time, you have to remember this is 11 years ago. Right. And by the way, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but. 11 years ago this week, it was at Tribeca Film Festival. So the fact that you guys are doing this podcast now is kind of interesting that it was literally at Tribeca Film Festival within like the last two days. We did not plan that at all. This just happened to be when it was. Yeah, it's really crazy that it worked out like that. Um, But, you know, um, when he said the name, I said, well, you know, there's going to be some people that are not going to like that name. I said, but, you know, it is used a lot in the gay community. And Mm -hmm. I said to him at the time, I said, you will probably have people that are not going to like it. And other people are going to be oblivious to um, how disrespectful or, or out of, I guess, 
out of tune that it might be. Um, because at that point in time, as a trans woman, I would walk into a, into a, a gay bar and I would hear, yes, tranny, yes. And that was insistent, yes, queen, or yes, sister. It was yeah. very common here. Yes, tranny, come on, bring it through, tranny. Yeah, you know? it, was, it was more very casually used. It was, um, I, I was only very like young into like the gay scene at the time. I had just started going out to bars in around 2010 or so. Um, but it, it was very prominent for me. I had a, a best friend with an, uh, a gay uncle who would always be around and he would always talk about, you know, going out in the Cincinnati area and like all these people he knows. And he, he threw the word tranny around like it yeah. was, and she was, was nothing. This is my tranny friend and, mm-hmm. and things like that. So I said, you know what, Israel, I said, you are going to be using a term that is, is, is kind of loaded, but at the same time, the gay community uses it very haphazardly. And I said, maybe this will cause people to have a discussion. And so it did. But girl, did she not know it was going to end up being that kind of a discussion? Yeah. Right. And it's still, um, it's still causing a discussion. I, I still see discourse around yes, this movie yes. on Twitter. Yes. But you know what? I'm, I'm going to use another uh, slang term and a very derogatory term. But, you know, um, how many times have, have, have all of us been called a faggot? You know, and when you go to a gay, you go to a gay party and people say, Hey girl, what's up faggot? You know, they, Mm -hmm. they use that term very, um, loosely with each other and and Mm -hmm. it's okay. Yeah. I mean, it's a word that I, that I reclaimed a long time ago for myself. Exactly. You know, like, Oh, you're such a faggot, you know, but, 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 you know, that, that term at the time wasn't seen you know, the, the word tranny wasn't seen what it is today. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the other thing is, is that it did cause uh, attention and it did cause conversation mm-hmm. and it, 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 it has changed um, to move on to your uh, second part of your question. Um, How is it today? Well, I don't accept being called a tranny by an individual myself. Um mm-hmm to this moment. Uh, if someone's like, what's up tranny? I'm like, um, I'm a trans woman or I'm a woman, but I'm not a tranny. Okay. Mm-hmm. No more than you are less of a gay man and not a faggot. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you don't know me, don't use that word. And even people that do know me, the, 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 the word has thankfully kind of eradicated itself, you know, in a yes, lot of ways. Um, now a lot of older gay men will still use the word. Um, yes, a they lot will. of still, a lot of still pissy. Um, how should I say? Um, pissy bitchy queens will still use that word. <laughs> yes, they will. Knowing, knowing what it means, and and you know what you know. My response, depending on my moment in time, varies. To be yeah. quite honest with you. Yeah, you know, because if they say, "What's up, Tranny?" I'm like, "Not much, faggot. What's up with you?" Right, <laughs> and that's a completely you know? that's a completely understandable response too. Yeah, it's not course. a word that's been they... like reclaimed a lot. You know, it's, it's yeah, still it, it a makes very... them stop and go, "Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly." You don't like that word? I don't like that word either. Mm-hmm. So you know, being attached to something that um, did bring forth conversation, protest. Mm-hmm. Um, um, people felt disrespected. 
they felt um, obligated to complain about it or, or not like it. Well, guess what? Welcome to my life. Mm -hmm. So that's why I ultimately told him, I said, yes, use that word because mm -hmm. it's going to make people go, Oh, I don't like that. Yeah. Well, yeah. I don't like it either. Yeah. I don't like it either. So how's it feel to be disrespected? You're being disrespected by a word that might not even apply to you. Mm -hmm. And so therefore, you know, uh, now today, if he came to me and said that I, I might or might not have the same response depending on the story. Um, because sometimes shock value does get attention, of course. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whether it's positive or it's negative. But either way, it got attention and it got people talking. And now that term is not acceptable to use anymore. Mm -hmm. And so if anything else, sometimes you, you have unexpected um, positive consequences from um, the unexpected term that you may or may not have used. Right. Yeah, yeah totally. And I, I think you have a great guise and understanding of, you know, the um, cultural shift that I mean, in a way was really like, you know, brought about by this film and um, exactly. like in American queer culture, I mean, you know, you know at the everyone, time. everyone wants to talk about RuPaul drag race, right? Well, if mm -hmm. you remember when she first started, she had she male. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. Oh, we've got shemale. You know, now that's that's not used anymore. Mm -hmm. And there you was know, also um, the song Response to Trinity. I don't know if you guys say, remember say, that. That was a song that they, they, I think they actually made it, like it was one of the finale music videos. Yeah, like, that was, yeah. 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 Like it was uh, one of Rue's songs called Response to Trinity that was, you know, featured on the show and they did right. a little music video for it on the show. And that was exactly. that's think exactly. something that, that they took away and considered yeah. it. Not but, but, but let's not talk about that bitch. Yeah, no. <laughs> this is a very, this is a very anti RuPaul podcast. So you're in a fake place. Yeah. Um, I wanted to say something that you said stuck out to me a lot. Um, it was uh -huh. that um, you're being a, like, a, a, in regards to the director Israel um, saying you're being now, you're now being impacted by a word that doesn't affect you. And I think that's right. a really important, uh, a really important thing that you said, because this, this film, one of my things about the movie is that it's not, it's not written and directed by a trans woman. If, if, right. if, if, for example, say Sarah Andrews decides she's going to direct tomorrow, she right. is somebody who I last, last I saw, I'm not, you know, she could have changed, but, um, I believe she still um, refers to herself. Um, I know she uses the caterpillar emoji a lot, which is adorable. Right. Um, mm -hmm. But she she like she can self identify with that word because for her it's a it's a way of reclaiming something that um, is a part of her that's that's hindered her in some ways. Right. Um, so and that's her. You know that's that's something that each trans person gets to right to decide right. for themselves i i agree with that um you know for me i've always lived by the by the um mantra that if you use a word easily and happily don't be surprised when other people refer to you as that word mm -hmm. you're giving them an okay mm -hmm. even if it's not okay yeah. 
And so, I think it's, yeah, and that's why I think context definitely is important with reclamation of words. Exactly. Yeah. You need to be very, yeah, you need to be always be mindful because people always say, well, words don't matter. Words don't hurt. Artistic expression is free. Everything is free, I believe, until you put it in a, on a public platform and other people can hear it and are affected by it. Exactly. Then it then it has consequences. Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I agree 100%. I'll also point um, out that this is the only podcast episode, I think, that I won't bleep out the words being used. Because normally I bleep out um, faggot whenever it's used. Right. Because I use it like nobody's, like, it was, it's kind of the opposite for me, like, the words that you well, use. Well, it's, it's really important, you know, if it. you're going to have a discussion about terminology and yeah. words, to use those I words. I don't want to silence us at this, at, for Yeah, a you, you can't because you have to understand that that word being used right now is an educational situation. Yeah. We're not using that word in a, any kind of endearment or uh, disrespect. Right. Mm -hmm. It is, the, the movie is still called that. Um, it is still out there as that. People that, that that want to watch that film, the name has not changed. And I don't think that it should be changed. No, I don't I agree. I, I, don't, no. I think that it was a moment in time and it was really on the cusp of, of uh, social uh, difference and acceptance. Yeah, a and cultural shift. A cultural shift, exactly. Um, and it does make people question whether that word is okay or not okay. Um, but in my personal life, I do tell people that word is not okay to use. That's old school. And you're showing your age, sis. Yeah, that's true. Very true. So that's if you want to be hip and you want to be, you want to be with the, with the youngins, you mm -hmm. can't, you can't use that term anymore. Yeah. You know, you just can't. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of those people, um, look at, uh, you know, like people like yourself who are willing to progress and evolve and listen and, you know, be, you know, receptive to, you know, hearing criticisms about words used and things. Um, they look at it as like, oh, you're like surrendering to a PC culture. You're surrendering no, to a no. sensitivity. No, it, it's a situation where when you know better, you do better, first of yes. all. And second of all, it's a situation where, um, I never liked the term. I never liked the word. I thought it was always dismissive and, and um, uh, I guess, um, disrespectful in some ways. Mm -hmm. um, but if you watch the film with the idea of this film is not, you know, a lot of the protests that happened was by people that never even saw the film. Yeah, They had not even seen it. They got upset by the, the the title and the name instead of watching it. And once you watch it, you realize that these women are basically fighting back. And it's it's mm -hmm. not a, oh, poor trans woman. You know, yes, horrible things happen, but they happen in real life. Yeah. And um, the thing is, is that there are lots of trans women that are being murdered on a regular basis. Every day. And, and if the word tranny upsets you, well, then you should be upset about the fact that people are being murdered. Mm -hmm. And these women said, fuck that. I'm tired of that. I'm going to fight back. And I'm going to. And so it's it's really a, a revenge, a fantasy revenge. Like, oh, like how many times have you ever been driving down the road 
someone cuts you off and you say, ooh, I want to fucking just run my car into their, their car, right? Well, you're not literally going to drive your vehicle into their vehicle. I might. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, girl, I hope you have good insurance. It's something that you dream about or you think about or like, mm-hmm. oh, I hate that bitch at work. I can't wait till I go to work. I hope she says something real cute. I'm going to slap her in her mouth. Yeah. Well, you're not literally going to slap your coworker in her mouth. Most people are not. Yeah, most. You know, so it's a fantasy revenge. Like, yeah. you know what? Instead of being taken advantage of, beaten, and left on the streets dead, and then they do an SVU special episode over it, instead you're like, what would happen if? And what would that look like? And that's why the fight sequence looks the way it looks. That's why the fight sequence is so gory. That's mm-hmm. why they're, they're in this... Insane make who does makeup like that to go kill someone, right? You know what I mean? We were actually having that conversation too. Like, they really, they really said, Let me get ready for my next number, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. No. It, it, it's very it. much an indulgent fantasy, and it's it's almost exactly. like it's told through the guise of a of like a what a trans woman or what a drag queen would do with it. Absolutely, exactly. Exactly. I think it did it. I think this film did an incredible job of telling. Um, the story of a group of like trans women or queens who are friends and the way that they would handle things and even the way that they speak and the things that they do yeah. together. It, they, they, they felt like real sisters or real friends that I could exactly. see in real life and meet in my if city. You notice, if you notice, uh, you know, just to touch a little bit on the wardrobe. Um, if you notice in the very first of the film, when they're all five together, they're wearing these, this, this uh, guacamole green, this line, you know, that this pink, you know, Pinky Latrim is wearing pink. Crystal's wearing this really pretty baby blue color. Uh-huh. They're all wearing these very cupcake color. And we call them the cupcake dresses, right? Uh-huh. And we had doubles of each of those dresses. And um, I still actually have those dresses, all of them. Oh, that's incredible. All, all five dresses. I've been holding on to them for years. I'm waiting for a museum to open so we can use them. I do have those dresses, and those were actually designed for each of the ladies uh, by a designer. His name is uh, Rob Bradford. He's here in Dallas. He's an amazing designer. And he actually did those dresses for the ladies. And we called them the cupcake dresses because we wanted to be girly and soft and sweet. And mm-hmm. life is fun. It's lighthearted. It's light colors. Mm-hmm. And then... At the end of the film, they're harsh and they're dark and they're wearing black and their makeup is heavy and it's yeah. it's over the top. You know, there, it's a, there's a transition, mm-hmm. if you will, from that softness to that hardness. This this softness of being almost ignorant and 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 bubbly in the world until shit happens, and mm-hmm. then they get hardened and they defend themselves. Yeah, you understand. Mm-hmm. So. So if, if, even if you just look at the wardrobe itself, you'll see a, a change in what they're wearing and, and how they're wearing it and the, the cuts and the, the, the materials and that type of thing. Yeah, It's a color story. It is. There is definitely a color story involved, yes. And I think that that's a great um, kind of uh, metaphor for, you know, what trans people kind of go through. Mm-hmm. Uh, like growing up, like I, I feel like from, you know, adolescence of, you know, understanding that you're different or discovering that you're different as like a teenager growing up and you know losing your childlike innocence you know when you face 
the repercussions of being different and like I starting to, you know, understand that you identify as a different gender or, you know, no gender or, you know, gender queer or what have you. It's, it's, it really does kind of, you know, taint you to the world and it gives you a hardness that, you know, I'm personally thankful for the hardness, but you know, you lose a lot with that too. And, you because um, you, you know, losing that childlike innocence at whatever age is, is never, you know, it's never a fun thing. And right. a lot of queer and trans people, I feel like have to lose it a lot earlier right. than people who don't identify that way. And, and, and um, and you know, that, you know, the, the, the trans flag, uh, pride flag is very soft pastel colors. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, uh, a lot of us are very soft individuals, you know, mm-hmm. if you look at the numbers, you know, how many serial killers, you know, are trans people, none, how many, mm-hmm. you know, violent acts are caused by trans people, almost none, you mm-hmm. know, and so uh, we are soft people, and we are soft individuals with big hearts. And, yeah. but you know what, we're also strong bitches, because it takes mm-hmm. a lot to be completely opposite of what the world thinks that you're supposed to be. Yeah. yeah. And, and Absolutely. that's why it was so important to have them dressed in almost this armor mm-hmm. and almost this, you know, they, they, they've had to shed all of that pastel girly stuff and be the strong bitches that they had to be. Absolutely. Even though that, that, that meant that, 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 you know, keep in mind that this is all a fantasy. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, because a lot of times trans women are murdered and that's that. There is no repercussion. Yeah. But what would happen if in a fantasy world, trans women said, fuck that. We're going to get mm-hmm. these motherfuckers. You know what I mean? Well, <laughs> like, how often, yeah. how often you know? do you see these stories and you see another, like, I, I get on Twitter and I see another, it's, it's usually a, a black trans woman of color. You'll uh-huh. see her name and, and you'll see, um, a, you'll see murdered um, or you'll see uh, women being assaulted, trans women being assaulted on the streets of LA on Instagram Live, and exactly. you and and as I sit there and read them, like you know, my heart not only is my heart broken, but I'm also thinking like, like how badly I wish that they could, like that they had the means to right. fight back, mm-hmm. and right. that they could do some kind of like, you know, how whenever you get, back, I don't know if y'all do this. Whenever I get mad, like real mad, I wanna I wanna have like magneto powers where I can like lift up cars and and, and like lift the car. Them, girl. Yes. Well, I, want I have those, those moments have quite that. often when I'm doing my hair and brushes end up across the room. But yes. oh, absolutely. <laughs> I have punched, I have punched a mannequin head across the room a time a time <laughs> exactly. or two. But, I um, wanted to um, share a story uh, that I feel like kind of relates to the themes that we're discussing with the movie and. Um, trans identity and kind of the transition between like understanding, like, you know, the way that your softness, you know, kind of gets hardened out of you through negative experiences. Um, I, I recently like came out as trans back in November and um, it, it was, you know, a great thing that happened for me. And I'm, I'm very like thankful that, you know, I had the support system I did around me. Um, I, I recently started like uh, working for DoorDash in Louisville and DoorDashing are all around the city and um, I had like a little like traffic incident, um, and uh, someone cut me, or someone felt like I cut them off, and they stopped in front of me, and they like rolled down the window and like tried to fight me. I guess this like 
woman thought I was like just like a little cis girl, a little blonde Yay, cis girl. Good for you. And she, um, when I like yelled like back out, out the window, and I was like, I'm not gonna get out of the car and fight you over this. This is stupid. And she heard my voice. I guess like she put two and two together that I wasn't a, a cis woman, and you know she she called me a tranny, and that was the first time anyone has ever like in public like to my face called me a tranny, and. Right it shifted something within me and I like just going through everything I had for the last few months with like coming to terms with who I am and coming out and having to tell my family and like it all just kind of bubbled up all the like anger and frustration that I had for everything I had been going through just kind of bubbled up within me and I I saw red and I chased this like I drove after this woman and like pulled into the oncoming traffic lane and like started like swerving my car like over at her and like screaming at her and looking for something to throw out my window at her car. Right. Terrified her. I saw her face. It was pure terror. She like pulls over into like onto the side of the road. And like, I see her get on her phone and like, I, I rolled down my window and her window was down as well. got right up to her and I spit at her and I said, fuck you. And I drove off. When you said earlier that, when you said earlier that you wouldn't really drive your car into another car, I was like, yes, right. you she would. Was, she, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, like most that. people, I should say. <laughs> and well, and it, it was something that happened, and I, I felt uh, like afterwards I was like, okay, I overreacted, clearly. I acted in the moment. I, I It was a lot of anger and frustration of everything that's been right. going on in my life, and it, it built up, and I took it out. And Everyone was, has their breaking point. Mm-hmm. Well, that was also and... a big moment for you because you had literally just kind of, I mean, you've been, you've been like, saw, like identifying as a trans woman for a while, mm-hmm. but this was like, you've really started making moves toward, um, you know, kind of living your life and, and getting, getting the things, getting the stars aligned, so to speak, to have your, your legal name and, um, you know, your, your outside reflect what you feel on the inside. So yeah, absolutely. to have that word and that word to be thrown at you while you're at work mm-hmm. by some random bitch as you stepped out of the car. Mm-hmm. That probably that had horrible hair. No, yeah, no, she, she had a bonnet on over it. Like it was, it was, I couldn't even see it. So that's how bad it probably was, but it, it, it definitely, and when you talked about that, like, it just, it, it, it stuck with me because I was just like, wow, like, that's really kind of how it felt to me at yeah. the time. And, and I wanted that revenge power. And even after that whole incident happened, I was just like, God, I wish I could have done something even more to her. Right. Yeah. I wish I could just make her you feel know, that pain that she just made me feel and feel yeah. all the pain I've been feeling. Yeah. And, you know, unfortunately, and, and, and I, I'll be honest with you, you know, I, I transitioned 15 years ago and mm-hmm. it still happens to me all the time you would be surprised at how people just don't get it you know Mm -hmm. you just like it's not like i I explain this to people all the time i wake up in the morning i go about my day the first thing i don't do is wake up in the morning go oh my god i'm a trans woman right i'm a person that so happens to be trans Mm-hmm. And I don't really get reminded about that because I don't feel the need to remind myself um, until someone else does it. And it's usually in a negative tone. Yeah. Some people have, you know, 
word vomit, if you will, and they'll say something and they're, you know, like, oh, you know, da, da, da. and you're like, okay, where did that come from? Mm-hmm. Completely random, you know, so it, it, it will continue to happen, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, but at the same time, it's up to you to choose, I believe, um, whether to educate that person or not. I don't have yeah. time for it. I'm yeah. a busy bitch. I have my whole life going on. I have yes. too much happening in my life that's positive. Mm-hmm. My family supports me. I have a wonderful husband. I have two dogs, a cat, and two two um, lizards. You know, I have a very good life. I'm successful in my career. And the last thing I need to do is educate you. Mm-hmm. But I also feel because I am someone that's in the community, I do have to educate people. And so therefore... I'm stuck in this situation where I don't want to, but I have to. Yeah. And I realize I have to, because if I educate one person, that's one less bitch that's going to call me a tranny, mm-hmm. you know, but or you call somebody educate, else. One. You can't educate everyone. Thank it's you. impossible. And can I say so that make, you, you do educate people through your, through your work. I think because yes, well, like just look at this, like it's been 11 years since you all made this mm-hmm. film and we're talking about this yes. still yes. today. Yes. So, and there, and I, it's a real thing that fatigue of, of educating, um, like yeah. it's a very real thing. And I, I see it a lot yeah. right now with, um, with, but in doesn't it go Black for Lives every Matter. minority though? Doesn't it go for every minority? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It really Absolutely. does. It really does. And even amongst even gay men, mm-hmm. I still had to educate them. Yeah. You know, so uh, it, it, it just is what it is, I guess, you know, but you know what? That's one of the reasons why I'm actually doing my own stories now. I love that. Yes. Uh, yeah. Tell us some, some more about that. I know that you had mentioned it a little bit beforehand about this new project yeah. you're working on. You know, um, the Dallas Voice, if you're if you're not familiar with the Dallas Voice, it's the local um, gay magazine here in the city. It's mm-hmm. it's uh, nationally known, internationally known. Um, they did an article on me uh, recently uh, for being a Kentucky Colonel. By the way, mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that. You guys are familiar with being a Colonel? Um, uh, as far as I know, I'm the first openly trans Kentucky Colonel um, out there. If, um, we, they did an article on me, uh, for being a, a Colonel, but I also touched base on a few projects that I have coming up and I've decided that, you know, over the years I've done some acting. Most of my work has been makeup, hair and wardrobe. I have done acting obviously in this project, uh, ticked off. Um, I usually call it ticked off with knives, by the way, just to let you know, I usually say ticked off with knives. That's how I Google it. Yeah. That, that's how I do it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I've, I've done other acting stuff and won my very first acting award this past year for a project that I did. And I decided, you know, I'm getting older. I'll be 46 years old this year, you know, in Hollywood or any kind of filming, um, your, your expiration date is really early for females. And especially for a trans woman, the roles don't come in all the time, but when they do come in, they're fun and they're good. But, you know, I typically get typecast. Now, I I decided that I wanted to start telling my own stories, stories that, you know, yes, there's pose, 
which is amazing that the, the TV show Pose is it's amazing. Um, and it tells stories of, of trans women at a certain point in time. But, you know, I, I still want to tell stories about love stories. I want to tell stories where I'm not the local drug dealer. I'm not the local uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, sex worker. I'm not the uh, trans woman that gets murdered. Okay. I want to tell stories that mm-hmm. just so happen to be starring a trans woman, you know, so I've been working on a project and we start filming May 1st and 2nd. It's a 10 minute short. It's for a film competition here in Dallas called Rack Focus. Um, it is um, an opportunity for me to tell a horror film slash psychological thriller that's not based around being trans, but just so happens to be starring a trans actress. Mm, I love yeah, that. That so sounds amazing. I'm, I'm really kind of, I really want to show people that, you know, um, trans stories can be, can be told in more than one way. And so I would say that's the mm. evolution between now and 11 years ago where yeah, I think that that's woman, amazing, and I think that's a very important thing. Because she's trans, and this story, um, mm-hmm. it's not the case at all. It just is a, a story of um, obsession, obsession, and um, I, I can't tell too much because I, I don't want to give it away. But let's just say that um, the, the being trans only comes up in one moment in the film. And it's when I'm speaking with my therapist and it's a blip and that's it. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I have other stories that I want to tell that are, you know, love stories about meeting someone that accepts you for who you are and that you don't have to convince that you're, you know, this or that, or, you know, um, trying to deceive or things that, that people want to put out there that, that trans women do. So I'm excited to mm-hmm. take my film career and, and, you know, be the director. You know, I'm the story is about me. It's starring me and I'm directing it. I love that. Do you have any kind of like tentative window on when it would be like uh, more widely available outside you know, of the festival? I don't, I, I think typically once the festival is over, I think the festival is going to be, and I think the festival is like the second mm-hmm. week of June. Typically after the festival, they're going to be available. Um, but I have some really great people on staff that are going to be doing my cinematography that are amazing. Um, uh, I have some really amazing actors that are involved. Um, I, I just want to do something that's clean and beautiful and tells a story and it's short and sweet. And hopefully it leaves you wanting more because I would love to do a full length feature. So, you know, doing these types of things, will get my name out there as a director, not just as an actress, that hopefully, you know, someone says, hey, I'd like to see more of that. Okay, give me some money. Let's yeah. make it happen. <laughs> no tea. Give me Absolutely. some money. Absolutely. You let me Let's... you let me know whenever whenever it's gonna be released. Um I don't typically cover shorts, but I could probably round yeah. a few up and uh I would yeah, love to cover one that's that's actually directed by yes, a trans woman, starring yes. a trans woman, so, about a trans woman, uh, playing I, a trans I've woman. actually been involved in this uh, film competition several years now, and everyone's been saying, when are you going to do something? When are you going to do something? And I 
dipped my toes in it about two years ago about directing my own thing. And I did a five minute short. It had to be filmed on your phone. And I did it with me and my fiance at the time. We weren't married. My fiance at the time, it was me, him, my, my pet, Sammy. And that was it. <laughs> and it was about, um, um, <laughs> abuse and, uh, being abused by your partner. And uh, it was just a five minute short. And I got a lot of feedback that that was really amazing for five minutes of work, with just you. So, and then in the, in the last couple of years, I've actually, um, started to direct, I directed three episodes of a six part series. Um, that's also going to be coming out very soon. And it, it's, 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 it's queer oriented, but not completely a queer story. And, um, so I really got the bug and was like, you know what, this is, I think the next step and next phase for my film career is, is directing. So, um, fingers crossed people like it and I do a good job. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty well based on you, based yeah. on your career thus far. Um, so before before we wrap things up, I know we've we've talked about the movie, and it sounds it sounds to me like you kind of you kind of have a very similar approach to this movie as Dolly and I do, where you have love for this movie, you have respect for this movie for what mm-hmm. it was, and like the conversation mm-hmm. that it started. Um, so I think I already know the answer to this, but do you regret doing this no, movie at all? Or no, do you regret not fighting no, back against the not name? at all. I don't regret that. I don't regret right. the name. I don't regret doing it at all. I'm very proud of it. I'm happy that it went as far as it went. I'm happy to know that 11 years later, I have young people like yourselves asking me questions about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. Um, I do wish that people would see this film and I, I I really do wish that there was an attachment short of some sort that, that, that was prior to it to explain some of this, because I think that people that Mm -hmm. can see it, you know, it was a showtime for a long time that people watched this film on showtime. And so I wonder myself all these years later, you know, what do these people think now, you know, but, having a, a, a conversation with you guys is one thing, but not having this explanation behind it. Sometimes I, I wonder how people think and, and feel about it. You know, I hope that it doesn't continue a stigma or it doesn't allow people to think that this word is still okay. So I wish there was an attachment of some sort, but sometimes it just doesn't happen like that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like now, I do feel like now that um, when there is discord around, or not discord, discourse around this this film, it's usually regarding, it's usually regarding yeah. that word. And, and, and you know what? And, and so um, my question to those people is, have you seen the film? And mm-hmm. if you haven't, then shut the fuck up. <laughs> and also, if you haven't, if you ha- whether you have or haven't seen the film... You, I, I, I can, I can, I, again, I, I mostly identify, I, I identify as like a, a gender mm-hmm. queer individual. You can watch this movie. You can enjoy it for what it is. And you can still talk about the movie as I have. And you cannot say right. the word. So you don't have yeah. to dance around it. You can say. You don't have to exactly. say it. You can, and appreciate the work of the trans people like exactly. Chase, who yeah. have worked so hard on this film, so hard on the 
the makeup so hard on you know things behind the scenes and you know give it its proper due because exactly. it's queer art at the end of the it day. is and it has a it has a place in it has a place in queer cinematic history and it always will because of not only the discourse that it started but the representation yes. that it gave it mm-hmm. has the it has the legacy of of erica yes. andrews and it was a it, it from what i could tell based on the bonus materials it looked like it was in like a a texas community yes, project was. like and, and, you know and like i said i don't use the term myself when i when i tell people i'm like oh it's called ticked off with knives because i know yeah. that it's 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 outdated you know um mm-hmm. but at the same time it is what it is and i don't take it back and i'm glad that i was a part of it and you know i i've 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 always said there's a phrase that's in the film that has been the most known phrase for me. And it's, bitch can't talk. Bitch can't talk. Uh, I know, we, we really didn't really get to touch on your role yeah, as Connie okay, much. But, um, uh, and that's criminal too, because we actually yeah, had, I actually had a lot. Bitch can't we just, talk. We went, know, I and went. I said, on my, on my headstone, you all can just put the words, bitch can't talk. Finally. Bitch can't talk. <laughs> Um, <laughs> you'll hear if if you listen to the episode because I think I think I might end up making this a two parter. Um, if if you listen, you're gonna hear some of my thoughts on on your performance you. as Connie because me and Dolly both well, really enjoyed you, it. I have to tell you, really enjoyed um, it. One last thing before, if you guys uh, don't want, want, if you guys want to go, um, one last thing is that that character was based off of um, Dolly Parton. Uh, it was based off of Chrissy Snow from Three's Company. Yes, it was based off That's of so Delta Burke from Designing Women. That a perfect character trifecta, was based honestly. off of those three individuals, and mm-hmm. uh, I had a lot of fun doing it. She reminded okay. me of um, she reminded me of uh, California Black Snake from oh, Kill Bill. Okay, yeah, okay, I got that. I got that. Yeah. Yeah, it was it was very much a Valley Girl yeah, interpretation. And, and, you know, of that. and, yeah. and the, the look and the, the, the walk down the hallway uh with my boobs bouncing on the heels and stuff was a spoof off mm. of what L yeah. Driver, I think is her name. Yeah. Sydney even said the last time we were watching it, she said I I just could hear the yeah. whistle tune from Bill Bill while she's walking. It was a yeah, if I could spoof. whistle I'd do yeah, it now, it was, but I'd get shut down for copyright probably. So yeah, we don't want to do that. It was a total spoof off of that for sure. This is probably like five years after the film came out. I was in Las Vegas and I was at this club and I started hearing this guy scream, you're that girl. You're that girl from that movie. And I looked at my friend and said, oh my God, he thinks I'm a porn star. And, no. and he goes over and he goes, bitch can't talk. I was like, what no, are the chances God. I'm in Las Vegas and this random dude walks up and says, you're that bitch from that movie. It was the it was the craziest thing, but you know, sometimes you know you do, you do things and and they stick with you unexpectedly, and I, mm. I I'm glad that it has. I've enjoyed the film, um, and you know I hope that people can watch it today and understand that it was done in a time when things were different, and 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 also ultimately I want people to understand that trans women are still being murdered at an exorbitant rate, and you know why. Um, this film, some people may think, takes a lighthearted um, 
um, look at that, but it's, it was never meant that way at all. And nobody involved with the film felt that way. We all felt at the time that we were telling a story of like, we're, we're tired and we're sick and we're fucking put up, fed up with it. You know, what would we do? If we... Yeah. I didn't, I didn't get that from it either. I got more of a yeah, catharsis. Like what, 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 if what can we do? What would yeah. we do in our, in our little drag queen performance fantasy world? What would that, what would that look like? You know? Yes. It was yeah. so very that it was definitely, it, it was, it was by the girls yeah. for the girls. Totally. I think. Yeah, totally. It wasn't meant for to be an educational piece. I think it's target audience in 2010 who watched it, understood exactly what you right. all were trying to say. And I think that's what's exactly. important. I think, I think at the end of the day, what you all made was, yeah, did it, did it age, did it age great? Mm, maybe, maybe not, not in some places, yeah. but overall it's still a, it's still a, a, I, I call it a, I call it a must watch. Yeah. It, it deserves a content warning, sure. Thank but, you. I, I agree um, with you 100%. It's, it's, I agree with you 100%. But um, yes, thank you so much for joining us. Um, I yep. look forward to seeing what you have in the future. I'm so happy that I had this conversation with you guys. And I'm so glad that, I'm so glad that 11 you. years later, people are having this discussion because it needs to be had. And I'm glad that... Mm -hmm. um, younger queer people are questioning things like that. And I think that that's a good thing. And I'm, yeah. I'm so proud of you guys for doing what you're doing. And I'm so proud of you all for bringing forth conversation from older Queens like myself and keeping an open mind. Absolutely. We're honored. And thank you really. for having me. And I appreciate it so much. And I will definitely reach out to you yeah. and let you know when my short film is available so you guys can read it as well. <laughs> Absolutely. We will plug it. And you have been so well-spoken and such a good interviewee. I, I would personally say, oh, bitch can talk. Bitch that. can talk. Thank bitch you. can talk. <laughs> Thank you. That's amazing. That makes my day. <laughs>